Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. I'm Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you to a Cisco Champion Unfiltered episode, a Cisco Champion radio spinoff series that gives our champions a platform to have casual conversations around a variety of topics focused on technology, career, and other interesting stuff. Don't forget, if you like our podcast, subscribe wherever you're listening to us to receive alerts on our latest releases. Alrighty, today we are talking about Cisco licensing. You are going to get some practical advice, tips, and tricks from our panel of Cisco champions. We are going to dive into things like smart licensing and enterprise agreements. So stick with us for the next half hour or so and learn a thing or two about a thing or two. <laughs> All right, Joe, we're going to start with you. Who are you? Howdy, y'all. I'm uh, Joe Hughes. I am a uh, longtime data center geek uh, focused on all things flash stack over at Pure Storage. Um, so I'm a little bit of the odd duck out in this, uh, in the fact that I'm, you know, not a traditional networking guy, but they still let me come show up once in a while just to have fun. Any other things that are odd about you too? Many. many. <laughs> all right. Len, tell us about yourself. Thank you. My name is Lynn Ledford, and I work for a partner in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we do a lot of Cisco Enterprise networking and security, and thanks for having us on today. Thanks for being here. Liam, what do you do, my friend? Thank you. My name is Liam Keegan. I run the U.S. operations for 24-7 Networks and Rio Bravo Systems. Uh, my background is more on the technical side, so I'm a longtime CCIE and sometimes it feels like I've got my CCIE in, in, in licensing, which is the uh, unpublished, uh, unpublished uh, track. So I'm, I'm super excited to, to talk about this, uh, this today with everybody. Sounds like a sportscaster. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shai, our honorary champion. Thank you for joining us today. Who are it's you? It's good to have you back. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> I'm Shai Silkman, uh, previously also known as Don't Be Shy. Uh, I am a product manager for the center, uh, but uh, until uh, that's just more recent, uh, prior to that, I was uh, director of network services at San Jose State University. So I have both the customer uh, perspectives and now, of, of course, the Cisco perspective. Liam, I'm going to kick it back to you to set us up with some background on my licensing. What are you hoping our listeners walk away with? Thanks. So I, I really think that that licensing is is almost as important as some of the technology. You know, everybody looks at speeds and feeds, right? And and you know, licensing is kind of one of these necessary evils where it's it's just sort of a known fact that the, the manufacturers want to get paid and manufacturers want to be able to monetize things. And you know, licensing is one of these things where it impacts everybody. And it's just sort of like, you know, it can be, it can, some people really have it dialed in. Some people get really frustrated with it, but I think there are a few things that, that, that we can kind of talk about and, and, and not only just sort of like, you know, some, some very tactical stuff, but maybe more the, like the macro picture on, on what is happening with Cisco in, in terms of their licensing and, and how it's, 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 it's changing. So, I mean, maybe we just sort of kick off by, by talking about, you know, how, Cisco has licensing has changed over the last, I don't know, five years, right? I mean, and and kind of the the first observation that that I think we can we can we can probably pretty clearly agree on is that that sort of everything is moving from 
you know, perpetual licensing over to these subscriptions, right? Where where you buy a license for a particular set of time, and and you know that is sort of across the portfolio of of what Cisco's doing. And, and today, I think you know with with today's topic, we want to kind of hone in a little bit more on on maybe some of the land switching side and a little bit in the data center. I mean, we could probably do an hour on each of those those topics, you know, with, in, in great detail, but. You know, I'm kind of curious to to see maybe Len, if you could if you could just talk about you know what you're seeing in terms of your your clients and 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 how things are are moving from, you know, hey, I bought it once and now I now I need to kind of keep buying. You know, our customers have 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 slowly wanted to make that change from from that traditional licensing model of buying hardware. I own this switch forever, to now I'm buying a switch and I'm going to keep keep changing it and growing with it through the licensing model. Um, you know, the day back in the day, we bought a switch. We used a serial number for that switch and tied it back to a pack license, and, and applied that pack license back to that single device. And it made it difficult to change devices out. Um, you know, the the new licensing models that we're seeing in the software subscriptions, um, they're beginning to take hold. It makes life a little easier for all of our customers. So I, I think one of the, the the big things that you mentioned is is I mean, it's 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 no secret that Cisco is is looking to you know, have have a greater customer impact than hey, I bought a switch that has forty eight ports, you know, and I bought it five years ago, and I'm going to keep it on the books for eight hundred years, and then when it dies, I'm going to get another one, right? And so, I mean, shy like like th- that's really what DNA Center and in, in, in your you know wheelhouse is all about is like how do you get additional value out of these devices that are just beyond sort of layer two Ethernet connectivity. Right. Um, and and t- today we also kind of looking at the licensing and the platforms. Uh, it's not just about the perception of how do we manage uh, layer two ports up, ports down. But today we're, we're going into things such as full stack observability, where we want to look at what's the user experience, what's the client experience, what's the application experience. Uh, so we're starting to add value by bundling a lot of other uh, portfolio applications into the licensing as well. So, so with that, I, I mean, tell me, I mean, from from your perspective, like how how is Cisco changing the the? I mean, because I don't know if anybody would disagree. Like, sort of the the traditional switch model was, hey, I buy it, it works for five years, and then I replace it, right? And and I don't think about it in the middle. I mean, what what is Cisco sort of doing? You know, as far as like you know, when when that license is purchased for a period of time, like what do what are what are Cisco's customers getting for that value? Uh, I think we have to separate between the there's two kinds of licensing, and I, and I think the the DNA nomenclature uh, we have the DNA network license, which goes on the actual device, and it's still a perpetual license, as opposed to the subscription to manage the device as well. You know, I'd like to add on to that, right? So we buy that, you know, I have a customer, you know, I sell them a, say, a 9300 series switch. And they, they just need the power, the larger buffers, and we just sell it with an essential license. We're just doing layer two, but all of a sudden the network changes, right? And we need that layer three point out there on that switch. And so I just upgrade that license for both the net advantage network, and then I can layer on the DNA advantage license back on that device. Now I've got a layer three device sitting out there on the edge. Then I can add additional license onto this, right? This 9300 series switch, I can run um, DNS security or Cisco umbrella on that switch now. I can add StealthWatch licensing onto it. I can, you know, start doing um, ICE or 802.1x type of controls. But if I have a DNA center appliance running in the network, 
now all of a sudden I can start seeing more of my, uh, you know, you know, more of my net flow coming from this device, get, get more of this edge visibility of what's going on in my network. And so the purchase that I made three years ago where I just needed a layer two switch, it's the same device. I just changed that licensing model and now I get all these other capabilities. And our customers are really liking to see that. Right. I mean, and this is part of what we call the flexible consumption model. So what do you mean by that? Uh, it means that you can buy the, it's, let, let me, let's, let's kind of put this in a context of like a lot of uh, people are buying Teslas, for example. Today you can go, you can buy, you can buy a car that you can drive and then you can, you don't have to pay up for the up, uh, all the features up front. You have the ability to then subscribe and say, now I need to go longer range. I want higher speed or I want the autopilot. Uh, and, and this is kind of the same notion that you have kind of a minimal entry point into what you need. And as you change this need, we're able to license up those features for you. So I, I, I think that one of the, one of the, the most awesome things that's available, like in the catalyst platform, especially the 92, 9300s is the thousand eyes agent, right? So thousand eyes is the, the cloud observability platform where you can basically put an agent on a switch. It will interrogate. Salesforce, Microsoft Office, internal apps, and give you actual like end user performance data from that device, right? Whether it's a, a switch or an AP or, or something connected to that device. And all of a sudden now it's like, hey, my network's slow. Well, you actually have like real empirical data, like go into the Thousand Eyes portal, take a look at that that catalyst switch, right? That That licensing is included as part of that DNA advantage, right? And because it's sort of, it's a service delivered over time, there is an ongoing cost to it, but it's something you can turn on and re realize value that's got like real, like real impact to an organization's bottom line. And I think like a lot of it, like, you know, we, we talk about this with, with, our, with our clients all the time and people are like, they just don't know. They're like, oh, we had no idea that we have a, you know, a, a tranche of, of free thousand eyes licensing in our smart license portal. Uh, so, so like, like those types of things, you know, be asking about, you know, what is included with these, uh, what, what is included with these, these, these licensing model. And I, I really think like, like to your point, it, it, it's, it's moved to consumption model. Joe, from, from your perspective in the data center, like, like, what are you seeing as far as like licensing impacts and, and what is, where do you spend your kind of time and, and, and effort educating your clients? Yeah, the biggest thing we deal with is, uh, especially with, with Flash Deck and with all the new stuff that's come out with the new UCS X series, everything is moving to Intersight managed mode, right? So you've now got to have Intersight to bring up the new hardware and do the, the management of this. But by having the SaaS platform that's there, you can add the additional decorators on if you want to go to the other licensing levels to add visibility into third-party products or even orchestration of components inside of your data center, right? Getting getting ever closer to the always promised single pane of glass to have, you know, automation around your compute, your network, your storage, and virtualization and all the other things that are inside of it. But uh, there is that that inherent cost of, you know, as you add features and as you continue to manage these through the life cycle, you're going to have these subscription-based models, right? So not only is it a consumption model based on how many pieces of gear that you have, but when you actually see that there's value or you decide you want to consume additional features, right, you're going to change the licensing on the subscription side as well. So it's a lot of it is really just getting customers to realize that they don't have to buy everything up front. They can purchase what they need for just the hardware. It comes with the inclusive license for the base management, 
But once they get to the point that they can actually leverage the other features, right, that's when they can go add those those other decorators. And some of it is even just getting them to discuss with their partners for the things that they don't realize that they don't know. So, so, so touching on that, and, and I'm going to put you on the spot just for just for a second with with like Intersight specifically. Can you think of a couple of things that that require that license subscription that actually like give real value to a to a to to your clients? Uh, like honestly, it's even it's even some of the stuff that's come in that's just baked in inherently in Intersight that I've loved the most. Right, giving people. Being able to tell UCS admins that like without having to VPN into your environment, you have a tunneled KVM to your servers when somebody calls you and says something is wrong, right? Being able to pull that up on like your phone or your iPad is was life changing to see that stuff when, when I was still even on the customer side. But then when you add in, you know, the fact that you have visibility into your network, into your storage, into your virtualization, all in one pane of glass that somebody can pull up on a device anywhere, right? That stuff is is amazing. But then when you also think about doing, uh, like, especially uh, Intersight Cloud Orchestrator, right, where it's it's low code, you can do drag and drop sorts of things. You can build workflows for people that consume or maybe lightly manage but are not the subject matter experts on some of these other third-party integrations. You can put guardrails around it but make it something that absolutely everybody can do the bits that they need to do and you can restrict what they're allowed to do but give everybody still visibility across the board, right? It's, it's game-changing for data center management and the fact that everybody's roles and responsibilities are now, you know, no longer as siloed as they used to be in the past. You know, once again, going back to kind of like tying it back to the licensing side, it, it is it is one of those platforms where, you know, if, if, if Cisco includes licensing for Intersight on a, you know, maybe it gets seeded or it gets purchased, it, it's one of those things where we, where we want our clients to like say, hey, what can I get out of this? How can this, you know, how can I invest in this and actually get, gain some operational leverage out of these licenses, out of this license? I mean, I think the, I think the, the, the I mean, I, I will probably say this 475 times during this, or at least I will. It's like, if you're paying for it, there should be value that you get out of it because it's there. It just needs to be, it just needs to be, be recognized. Some of it is getting people to even understand that there is trial licensing. So if they're not if they're not certain, right, don't consume that up front because you don't want to turn on all the bells and whistles and and use your licensing up front when you're just trying to initially stand up the platform. But a month or two months or three months down the road, now that you have your your new gear all stood up, you now have a little bit of, of process around it and things like that, then go investigate, see what's there and see what licenses are available to you, even in a trial mode to just go see what actual value it can bring to your organization. Len and, and, and Shai, are you, are you seeing, like, are you seeing that with your clients and, and, and customer base where, where people are, you know, sort of turning on these features, you know, with, in that trial mode and, and, and kicking the tires? Yes, we are. Uh, I mean, we're seeing customers that come back to us, you know, 90, 180 days later after we've done a deployment and say, hey, I've got an email here, you know, turn on Thousand Eyes. What is this? You know, so we'll go back to the customer, we'll give the demo a Thousand Eyes and then begin to activate those licenses inside their network. And some of our customers really like this, um, you know, that we can come back in and and do these things as as time flies. Um, And then they begin to see the value of it and learn how to adopt the new tools into their technology stack, so... I, I, I like the word about adoption, right? I think there's a, there's a lot of adoption. And if you look at today's software platforms that we have, there's so many capabilities 
uh, and not every customer can consume every capability. And, and the question is, how do we do this assessment to, to kind of show, are you really yielding the value from what you're paying for? Uh, and, and it's, I think, a process that uh, partners could really help uh, help a lot of the customers go through is, hey, you know, you have all of these licenses, you have these capabilities, your new releases, and and see how to maximize the value from the license. Uh, and there's so much to it. And I keep going back to an example of uh, something like Microsoft Excel. Excel may have thousands of features, but chances are majority of people are using just everything that's in the toolbar. It's a lot of buttons in there. It's 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 intimidating. <laughs> But it's only a very small subset of what's yeah, uh, under the yeah, Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, what we're finding is our customers are very busy, right? They already have a really full workload. So we're trying to find the tools that when we turn these on, that if they're really finding use out of it, then they adopt it and they can find that they're getting more time or they're being more proactive. Thousand Eyes is a great tool that allows our IT departments to be proactive with applications slowing down, right? And they can already know what's going on before they get that call from that end user and that that, that's that's making a big change in the game. Well, we're also yeah. seeing the tools and the new licenses are sprawling uh, roles. Uh, I think it, uh, you kind of talked about thousand eyes. I see my network is slow. Uh, let me go into thousand eyes. Uh, I would sort of argue that it's we're now sprawling into the application space because the complaint is not going to originate. The network is slow. The complaint is going to originate. The application is not performing well. Yeah, anything to decrease that mean time to innocence is uh, is fantastic for the customers, right? <laughs> yes, MTTI. Uh, but we're starting to see that now we went from, I mean, examples is like from, from pure like running the network for data center or campus networks, we're now breaching into the application groups, we're breaching into the security uh, areas as well. So we're, we, we need to kind of now be able to to pull the security folks and pull also the application folks to really extract sometimes uh, the full value from the platforms. So, so one of the things, as far as the, the consumption models, you hear all the time about enterprise agreements, right? EAs, right? Like wrapping licensing into an EA. Len, man, sorry to just put you on the spot, but maybe you want to kind of share with 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 everybody sort of what is an ea just to, i mean we could probably do an hour or two just on eas and the mechanics of that but but i mean maybe just just share a couple of of, of use cases around eas and kind of what you're seeing you know one of the, the ea is a great program and we're finding that with the security portfolio it's really nice the security portfolio is the cisco security portfolio is almost all software driven so when we have customers that are seeing a lot of growth or a lot of change you know, the enterprise agreement, we come in, we select three or four suites, we come up with a number, and, and the customer has availability for that licensing. If they need another 20 licenses, they just log back into the into the portal and they are able to issue the licenses they need, you know, really quick. On the enterprise networking side, where we see the big value in the enterprise network is you buy 40 switches and we kind of we lock you into a deal for the next, say, five years. But to be able to get that perpetual pricing over the next four or five years, on our licensing seems to help customers. So like we were talking about, if we have customers that have bought, say, into the essentials level, you know, and then as we move the enterprise agreement, we can start selling more and more of the, or add on more and more of the features, feature set in the software, like Thousand Eyes or, um, you know, go into an Advantage licensor. And, and, and so just transactionally though, I mean, one of the biggest benefits of an EA is that that it has a, a single end date. Right, so if you buy if you buy some switches in January of 2022, and some more in in July of 2022, and some uh, an additional tranche in in May of 2023, 
your EA may be good for five years, so it may end in you know 2027, but every single license will co-terminate to one date, right? And so you don't need to play that that renewal game where it's it's oh what what's renewing what's not it's it's you know everything gets co-termed and it, you know, licenses get get allocated to an EA, and then it, you're not renegotiating the purchasing every time, right? It's 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 designed to really simplify. The, the consumption because it says, oh, I'm using 38 switches. Great. Oh, I've added another 10. Great. Now we're at 48, right? And by the way, these all end December 31st, 20, you know, 26 or whatever, whatever the end date is. Uh, Joe, what are you seeing in terms of, are, are you seeing EA adoption in, in, in your, in the data center realm? Or is that not something that you, you see too much of it depends which is always the the terrible cop-out answer but uh, <laughs> of course of it's course. I, I mean it's really it's really based on on how large of, of uh consumption they're doing for a lot of the data center stuff right especially knowing uh, a lot of friends of mine that are that are in the service provider space where you know they will buy fully pap- fully populated racks full of ucs gear right yeah they're they're absolutely chasing eas um, cause especially to lens point on the pricing, right. Being able to have that consistent pricing where the best way that I've heard somebody describe it, that was actually a partner, uh, explaining this to one of their customers that I happen to overhear was them saying, you're not paying an additional tax based on increased success for your business. And I was like, Ooh, that's, that's an impressive way to put that. Um, but it's really just the fact that like, it's, it's the easy button for a lot of things. It makes it something that you, now only have to deal with on on a longer term, right? On on a lower scale of touch points that you've got to do, and and it puts a lot more things in the realm of um, your partner being in a better position to support you with a lot of, of of things, right? It gives it gives a lot more leeway rather than a partner having to support fifty different individual contracts you have for all of this stuff, right? It's the one EA where things just now roll up into this, and it's it's an amazing benefit for customers. I want to add to that, Joe, that, that as a customer, I really like uh, with EA is you make purchases throughout the year. You have different projects, different things. And it's not just about that you have 50 different contracts. It's about the fact that you also had a lot of different expiration dates. And if you didn't keep on top of it, and sometimes if you're coming around year end or uh, it, it became so complicated and it was a high risk of something simply falling in between the cracks. Yeah, I, I remember spending two to three weeks out of the year just trying to sync up licensing across all products and, and fighting for budgetary constraints and everything or anything that was not forecast that got dropped in that was now a one-off, right? It's it's a it's a massive pain to deal with, with all of it and just to have that go away is is awesome. You know, the other feature out of the EA that we really enjoy is the true forward. You know, as we bought things throughout the year, we, you know, we'll, we'll review that at the end of every year, which like you said, Joe, it kind of makes that end of year review of where your contract's going for the next couple of years, you know, a little easier to manage. Um, you know, and then everything co-terming is, that's just, it's pretty amazing, right? Well, and, and, and the nice thing about the true forward is that let's say, let's say your, your, uh, your EA ends December 31st, but you buy a new switch in, in March. Basically, there is no, you do not have to pay for that, you know, first nine or so months of license usage. That that true forward date is when your licenses are reconciled. It's never looked back. It, you, there's no look back period, right? It, it's purely, hey, for the remaining amount of the term, I will, uh, you know, adjust the licenses appropriately. But it, it, it's nice because you can also trial features functionality without 
you're actually having to come out of pocket and pay for something that you may or may not see business value out of, right? So by by using that true forward period, you know, between the time that you provision a license and, 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 and your yearly, your anniversary date for your EA, you, you can basically do whatever you want within the parameters of the EA and then just make sure that on December 31st, you know, your licensing is where you need it to be for the, the, the following, the following period. And that's like, that's not like a hack. That's like super encouraged because that, that's what the, the, the flexibility of the, that, that EA platform gives you. And some businesses do fluctuate uh, over time, right? Or, or they have uh, seasonal events, things like that. So I think it creates a lot of agility and flexibility for the, for the customers. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, and one of the things, like maybe just pivoting. So, so we hear a lot about smart licensing, right? And, and how smart licensing is different, okay? And so maybe just like driving the conversation toward, toward smart licensing for a minute. Len, Joe, do you guys want to maybe just talk about real quick sort of what the differences are between smart licensing and, 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 and sort of traditional licenses? I, I will say honestly, I'm I'm legitimately a bit of a luddite on it, right? Because <laughs> I'm I'm to the point now. I've been I've been outside of licensing management on a day to day basis for so long that I am now the consumer that's intelligent enough to be dangerous on a lot of it. But at the same time, looking back on my career, right, no longer having to have paper boxes in a closet of of packs, right, is <laughs> well, amazing. Right. Because having somebody that had to go try and flip through a box to go find the packs that you own for some piece of gear somewhere was was just awful. Um, but, I, you know, honestly, just having the singular portal where you, where you can see everything and being able to um, allow certain levels of access or what things that people have visibility into is, is great. Um, I say that as a consumer of a smart license account rather than somebody who admins. But I'm sure Len has, has fantastic uh, advice for everybody on it. Yeah, thank you. Um, I don't know if I have fantastic advice. I know we've all, as um, as as Liam said, you know, we're all getting our CCIE and licensing in one way or another, right? You know, but back in the day, you know, we you're right. We got this folder. We get to open the folder, pull out the piece of paper, and there's our pack number. And then we go through this whole process of logging into the portal, putting in your pack number, tying it to a you know a kind of router or a switch, right? Then we tie all this licensing back to a serial number. And then we post that back on the device and we do a reboot. Everybody loves that reboot at, you know, two in the afternoon. And uh, wow, there's our licensing and, and we're up and running again. You know, and if, and if something happens to that device, I mean, and we have to replace it, now we've got to figure out how to find, go find that original pack. And we're going to move that pack back to a, another piece of hardware. And that was, that was rather time consuming. And it was hard on customers. It was hard on partners, right? The nice thing about smart licensing is, is it just gets delivered to this account. And it comes into your default account, and then we can move that to sub-accounts or virtual accounts, right? And these end devices, we just they just reach up to the smart account and grab which license they need, and we can see from one spot what we're using, how we're utilizing it. And it's really nice because we can start breaking these out. You know, I've got a customer that breaks out all of their smart accounts. Uh, their smart account is broke out into one, and then we've got different virtual accounts, and they're based on security or collab or enterprise networking, and then we then it's also broke out by location and. By doing that, we can have devices consume licenses either in a pool or by location and how that business unit has paid for those licenses. Um, but the management side of once we get into this, to the software licensing is really nice. Um, it's, it's made life a lot easier. So Liam, if you don't mind, I've got a question for Lynn. Um, number one, to throw out you know, the, the geek nostalgia for all of us, uh, to your point about loving that reboot at two in the afternoon, 
I do occasionally miss the sounds that came from everybody's cubicles of, of you know, the, the fan noise of everybody rebooting a switch that they're trying to bring up from scratch, you know, or honestly, the soothing sound of actually tearing open that uh, that pack license. Right. That was that was always great to hear those things ripping off 50 at a time or something. But um, from dealing with the with the difficulty of potentially losing those pack licenses or, or the difficulty of trying to find those things to carry from from one physical device to another what what's the reality of uh somebody potentially losing access to a uh smart licensing admin that can oversee these things like how does how did how does that work and how do people get around that you know over the last three years we've seen a lot of migrations in the it industry right and so we've had customers that they had a smart account they only had one administrator on the account and that person happened to move on and you know it was a. Uh, it, it was a, an interesting process to go through. We had to leverage the Cisco teams to help us get back into it. But what we've begun to do as a partner is recommend that we create more than one admin account or even let the partner have an account in your smart account so we can help you manage it and move these licenses around. So, you know, nowadays, like you said, Joe, we no longer get that folder that has that piece of paper in it, right, that we need to keep up with. So now it just electronically, you know, our, we're a, a tier two um, VAR, so... You know, our DISTI sends licensing over. You know, did it hit the smart account? Is it in the default account? Do we need to move that license then down to a virtual account because that person doesn't have access? So, you know, letting the partner into your account um, is helpful. Um, and at least that's how we're beginning to address it or we're suggesting to customers that they create, you know, more than one admin account just in case somebody leaves because, you know, Cisco's um, wanting to make sure all, you know, customers are, are protected, so... I, I, I like this. We, we see a lot of different kind of digital transformation. I think this is just one one of the digital transformation that we've moved from these paper packs and all that into truly, uh, I mean, digital uh, entitlements. Yeah, I, I also think that the, the 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 smart licensing has has generally become much more friendly, and I, I think that Cisco overall, you know, especially over the last few years, has really sort of taken almost a customer or a customer first approach with their licensing. You know, and and I'll give you an example that probably Joe can 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 attest to is like back in the in the Nexus 5K days, right? If you didn't have if you were running layer three on a Nexus 5K and the license expired or there was a problem, like all of a sudden your stuff was going down, right? Like they're womp womp. Yeah, you're done. (laughs) Right. But now with like the newer platforms, like if you're on a 9K, right, and and you have the license on there, like the license does not turn off, right? It's not going to like licensing on those like core products and platforms are not going to you know, disable your network. Right. And I, I think that, I think there's, there's a couple of exceptions to that. Right. So obviously the big one is Meraki, right? Meraki is hardware plus license. And if, if you do not have Meraki licenses, then it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a toaster. Right. And, and any other, you know, things that, that even today you know, are licensing dependent that, that we would want to call out like, Hey, don't let this lapse or you're going to, you know, potentially have an issue. I think we have to to kind of keep uh, attuned to some of the advanced levels of automation where we're now taking the hardware and we're doing overlays, uh, for example, like software defined access, because now you have a dependency uh, for the network to operate both not just on the device license, but also on a controller license at the same time. So we're starting to see kind of more and more of these uh, solution based that are now more dependent on the software licensing as well. You know, one thing I do want to point out, Liam, you're right. 
But the nice thing with a smart licensing account, although it can be a bit chatty at times, but we do get warnings. Hey, you're oversubscribed on this switch. Hey, these licenses have about 90 days before they expire. I mean, Joe, I believe you see this in Intersight also, right? Yeah, absolutely. We we see, you know, number of uh, licenses that are consumed, number that are available. I, from what I understand, Cisco can actually pull some even additional reporting on the back end and tell you like which devices are subscribed to which features and things like that, which I'm hoping actually makes it into the Intersight portal at some point. But yeah, Inter- Intersight is absolutely one of those things where you do not want to let those licenses expire because you will lose some of the ability to provision your hardware um, and yeah, nobody wants to be in that position to go try and deploy servers and suddenly say like, Oop, I, I smashed the button and nothing happens. Right. <laughs> but yeah, having, having that heads up is, is awesome because there was nothing worse than just getting the email from Cisco or from a partner that says, Oh, Hey, by the way, um, these were supposed to be renewed next week. Somebody go scramble and try and find a gigantic paper check that we can hand over for <laughs> the publisher's clearinghouse check. Yes. Right. Yeah. You pretty much had to find one of those to make things happen. <laughs> so, so I, I think though that once again, going back to the like the the thing that I wanted to really share with with the listeners on on this particular podcast was was talking about smart licensing by policy, right? And 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 going back to that thing of not having to like write the big check. I mean, obviously, if you're consuming the features and using it, you got to have the license, right? But yeah, you know that that's not you know that that that's not the point here. But you know there are these process. You know, in, in larger companies, sometimes it takes longer to get POs, you know, and budgets and, and cost centers allocated. So, you know, one of the, so when, when Cisco released the newer, the new 9300s, 9200s, the licensing was enforced, right? So you needed to have it glued to your smart licensing portal or to a satellite licensing server and then set the license and have it go to the cloud to actually provision the license. And then if it, if it didn't, it sort of ran into a, a rundown period, right? But as of and, and so this is sort of like the the top gear top tip that that I would recommend that people look at like if you are running a catalyst or iOS XE footprint is that as of either software 1741 or 1732 Cisco introduced something called smart license by policy right and what that does is it basically it removes the 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 necessity to phone home and and actually get it like affirmation that the license is in the account for the feature to continue working, right? So so if anybody's ever had an issue where it's like, oh, my licensing server stopped and all of a sudden I lost features or functionality, like get your iOS XE upgraded, you know, at or above 17.3.2 or 17.4.1 and all of those like, all of those issues go away. I mean, you still need the licensing, you know, you, you're still subjected obviously to all the, the terms around the, the, the shrink wrap. But from just an administrative perspective, that makes life so much easier if you're if you if you're using the the, the smart licensing by policy uh, smart licensing by policy feature. I think we talked like I mentioned the nine Ks, the Nexus in the data center, the Nexus nine Ks, same same type of thing. You're not going to have it where all of a sudden you're having a service outage because of a licensing situation. So I think it's like it's super friendly. I think Cisco actually probably deserves more credit than they than, than I think they get for it. Uh, it's like it's 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 moved in the in the right direction, um, yeah. So that that was just something that I, I wanted to share. Um, and, and lastly, around the catalyst line, because like I said, everybody's got catalyst switches. It seems you know we we've got there there are two types of licensing, right? There's the there's the network essentials and network advantage, which is that perpetual licensing, 
and then there's the DNA advantage or DNA essentials and DNA advantage, which is the the subscription licensing. Is is it mandatory that you keep the subscription license running in order to use the switch? I mean, sort of the loaded question, but I'll kick no. it to Len to, to answer. <laughs> so it is not. You know, I have I have a lot of customers in the small to mid market and they don't they don't need those software features at this time in their environment, right? We also have some larger enterprise customers that are using all these features. So it's really is by a customer by customer basis as we begin to look at these renewals coming up, you know. So the nice thing is that perpetual network advantage license that switch will work as a layer three license. There's a great matrix on the Cisco website to tell us exactly what we get. And I, I find myself leveraging that also um, a good bit, not just for the wired, but for the wireless network. Um, the same, same type of things work there. You know, going back to the, the, the I think the, the, the topic earlier, if you were, if you were using, or if you're paying for the subscription licenses, there are features that are required. Like for instance, for Shy for, for DNA Center, you need, if you're running SD access, which is, you know, the, the, the entire orchestrated underlay overlay, you know, mac, micro and macro segmented networking, right? You need that active DNA advantage license on every system that you have, you know, that where you're running that. Is that, would you agree with that? Correct. I mean, if you want to consume at monitoring network, at monitoring or management of network devices in DNA Center, you need to license those devices and they need to have an active DNA license, a subscription license. It's just a question of uh, whether or not you go essentials versus advantage, depending on what features you need to consume. And, you know, reach out to your partner, reach out to your Cisco account manager. They can help you. There, there are a lot of resources that are out there so that, you know, you're, as, as a client, you can be an informed, an informed consumer of the, these, uh, these licenses. I feel like we need a listing. Uh, I mean, gonna... we have, we have a licensing matrix of all of the features that come with essentials versus advantage. Uh, I do think that there's a lot of people out there that have access to a lot of features that they're not fully aware of. I mean, this is how powerful the advantage license is. We, we just need to add the directory of all the, uh, CCIE licensing experts that are, uh, that are uh, out there. It's sort of frightening if you think about it. <laughs> well, I think that was a great conversation. Nicely done. All right. To our listeners, if you want to check out some useful resources, including that matrix that was uh, referred to earlier, you can check out the links provided in the description below. And of course, please don't forget, subscribe or follow Cisco Champion Radio so you receive alerts when we receive, release an episode. I hope you all enjoyed today's podcast. We'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you